It's me, Roz. Today, I'm talking to Aaron Saggers. I have the, I cannot say his name. I think it's my Midwest accent that just comes out on some words. He told me it's say, wait, say, say, like the word say, and then gers, like a lion. Say, say, gers. Aaron Sagers, listen, a lot of you know Aaron Sagers already. Don't don't be confused by my spelling. S-A-G-E-R-S. Aaron is great, and Aaron is something of an expert when it comes to pop culture and the paranormal, and uh, he's done a billion things. He's hosted shows. He's on the TV show Paranormal, Caught on Camera, where they watch footage uh, that people submit of paranormal phenomena you can watch it on discovery plus it's 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 fun it's great uh aaron's aaron does a lot in the paranormal world as it relates to pop culture and i think it's a a great match for the two of us to chat and so we're going to make this a two-parter this first part today we're going to talk a bit we're going to have kind of a discussion and then and then we'll get into some more stories and hear some more of Aaron's experiences as we get on but we talk about some pretty pretty good stuff I think. I like it. I like this episode. Um I wanted to read a story. I was looking at the Facebook group which is called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez and this story came from Amber. Hey Amber, thanks for sending this. Amber writes Okay, so I just had something weird happen to me. I was awoken out of a dead sleep at about 1.30 to what sounded like my daughter playing. It sounded like she was laughing and playing in her room. I could even hear her talking. I got up to go to her room to tell her she needs to keep it down and go to bed. I go into her room and she is sleeping. I even went to her room loudly saying, that she needs to go back to sleep, and to my surprise, she was sleeping. So I think maybe she's pretending, and I go to the bathroom and then back to my room. I then sneak back into her room, and she really is passed out sleeping. Her room is in the room I always have weird things happen to me. I heard what I heard, and it was so loud to wake me up out of my sleep. I was worried she was going to wake everyone up. That's how loud it was. I am so weirded out, I can't sleep now. Also, my daughter is three, and if she is up at night, she will make it known. She won't pretend because she usually wants something or for me to get her a drink or a snack. Yeah, I can I, I can see a world where maybe she was up and she was talking and, and doing her thing, and then she's like, oh, no, mom's coming, and then played like she was sleeping uh but hey 
maybe not as well. And now here's something else I see in the comments. Joshua puts the iconic Whoopi Goldberg gif from the movie Ghost, You in Danger Girl. And Amber says, oh, something I didn't add is that I put up this symbol on my wall in my room that is supposed to keep away evil spirits, or I guess you would say demons. It's called the Helm of Awe. And when I went back into my room, that shit moved by itself. The Helm of Awe. Let me look this up here. Oh, okay. I feel like I've seen this before. The Helm of Awe, or Helm of Terror, is an object in Norse mythology and subsequently the name of an Icelandic magical stave. The purpose of this symbol placing is not just because it looks cool. The protection that the Helm of Awe invokes isn't just physical in nature, you see. It's also a sign of dominance in conflict. And more than that, it represents the ability to cause fear in others and suppress the fear of one's own mind okay it looks like it does a lot of things um do 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 cause fear in your enemies protect against the abuse of power okay so it can be used to keep away the badness well that is interesting thank you for sending me that i was also looking into Various causes for hearing things that wake you up in the night because I I recently I heard a sound in my bedroom and of course I woke up and I'm like this is it this this is the day that we've been fearing where the demons come and they say all right you said you wanted to talk to us you wanted well I never said I wanted to talk to them but I certainly talk about them and um. I jumped up out of bed and there was nothing in my room. And I'm like, what is that? And then I found this article. It's posted on iflscience.com fairly recently. And it talks about something called exploding head syndrome. It says sometimes people describe experiencing huge explosions during the night, which simply can't be explained. There is no sign that a shelf has fallen down or a car has backfired. There is no one playing the electric guitar next to their head. This can be linked to our sleep. It can be explained by, quote, exploding head syndrome, a term coined relatively recently by the neurologist J.M.S. Pierce. When we fall asleep, the reticular formation of the brain stem, a part of our brain involved in consciousness, typically starts to inhibit our ability to move, see, and hear things. When we experience a bang in our sleep, this might be because of a delay in this process. Instead of the reticular formation shutting down the auditory neurons, they might fire at once. As with sleep paralysis, this phenomenon is also under-researched. So, I mean, just like with sleep paralysis, you know, I'm always like, why can't it be scientific and paranormal at the same time? I think it's certainly, that could be, could not be. No one knows. No one knows anything. You know, speaking of, I was just talking to a friend the other day about UFOs. And my friend was like, does anybody ever think about the fact that maybe it could be just billionaires have these these things that they fly in and they just do it for fun? 
Now, again, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories with UFOs, but it's like we see these damn billionaires, what they're doing, buying Twitter and shit. I don't see why they couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm going to spend a couple million on this crazy device that I can fly around. They've been doing it for years. Maybe they could do that in addition to it being extraterrestrials. Maybe they also have them up there. I don't know. Maybe they don't even know extraterrestrials. They just do. They just have one. They just think it's fun. It's just like their little, you know, people got their four wheelers. They got whatever they kinds of little vehicles and helicopters and like, you know, maybe could be. I don't know. Anyway. Somebody that knows a lot about this kind of stuff is our guest today, Aaron. And we're going to get to part one of this conversation in just a moment. As always, go to patreon.com slash Ross This week, no bonus clip from this episode, but I do have a full-length episode for you. And um, I've been doing that every week, just me talking for about 40 minutes about different paranormal stuff and learning about it and having a great time doing it. On my second tier, link in description. Okay, here we go. Part one with Aaron Sagers. Sagers? Sagers. On with the show. Everybody, I am joined by Aaron Sagers. Hello. Hi, hi Roz. Did I say your name right? It was it was closer. <laughs> I tried already, and I, I'm so. I know who you are. Um, I, I've heard your name said many times. It's just there's something wrong with my brain and my tongue, and that's how things come out. Saggers, right? I mean, yeah. I think I think it is that Midwestern that just kind of like (laughs) desire. You know, for what it's worth, I was raised in the South, and even though I don't think I have an accent every so often there's a drawl that kicks in. So I, you know, sometimes I'll say something real slow, like, you know, so I, I get it. And I practiced, I practiced before I hopped on the zoom today and I still, I'm, I'm embarrassed and I we're off to a bad start. I'm sorry, Aaron, but um Well, you know, as as I said, my you know, the southern roots, the southern uh, expression of like he's saying, uh, what's the expression you could you could call me anything, just don't call me late for dinner. Okay. Well, then great. Aaron say, say <laughs> I'll work on it anyway. We're here. Listen, we're here. Thank you so much for doing this. I've never met you, and um, it's so nice to meet you. You do, like, a bajillion things, and I know about a lot of them, but there's a lot. You're busy. I am. I am busy, but uh, busy's good, right? Busy's, busy's fun, especially when you're doing cool things that you enjoy. So, uh, and and this this is part of it. This is something that... I'm excited to be here with you. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, I mean, you're <clears throat> you're like me. Like I have um I have two different lives. Like I have 
paranormal is a part of my life, uh, but I, I do other things and I talk about other things in, in other aspects of my life as well. But it's fun to mesh the two together. And I think that's what's really cool about what you do is is mixing pop culture with the paranormal. So I want to hear more about this. How did how did how did you meld those two yeah i i think for me it was just ingrained from childhood because as a little kid i was into comic books i was into science fiction and blockbuster movies and also horror and twilight zone and ghost stories watching tv shows where they talked about ghosts and reading the books you know the time life mysteries of the unknown kind of things and so it was always pop culture was always a big part of the paranormal for me. Even when I started researching theory, you know, you get into these these areas where you've got Hans Holzer and and he was very much a TV ghost hunter. So it was always connected. And then uh, when I entered into a professional realm, I uh, I became a journalist and I found myself writing about uh, entertainment. And it just so happened that a couple of things kind of coincided at the same time. There was these paranormal shows that started popping up actually around the same time that superhero blockbusters and star Wars, you know, became big again. There was also these paranormal shows like the early two thousands. And I was a guy that was like, Hey, I want to write about this. I want to talk about this. I think it's going to connect with people. I think this whole new thing called social media is going to allow people to, to express their interest in the paranormal without being judged as much and find their tribes. And so I started talking about it. And from there, I started getting invited onto TV shows. And then I started uh, producing my own shows and hosting my own shows. And so where we are now is, yeah, I'm, I, I do investigate. I go out on investigations, but I really present myself as a journalist and a paranormal pop culture expert and I like to look at the trends of how all these things, you know, inter inter are interwoven and overlap. Yeah. Do you? Uh, where do you think that the the state of paranormal is right now, as it relates to pop culture and what people see in in TV shows and movies? I think it's actually kind of a great thing. I think from the reality perspective, you have discovery plus and travel channel and you have youtube and people are able to create their own paranormal reality shows and documentaries so there's a plethora of that there's seemingly unending amount of content for people to digest to absorb on the strictly scripted front it's a great time because we have so many content streams movies, streaming platforms, YouTube, uh, all across the board. So there's no end to the amount of spooky stories that people can can tell and talk about. A couple of years ago, when I, when I did my first show that I uh, executive produced, it was called Paranormal Paparazzi. And it was with Zach Bagans. Mm -hmm. And I did not, uh, it was not really the name that I wanted, but I liked doing the show. I loved the show. And that was coming at a time when there was a dip in paranormal reality shows, and then it kind of went dormant for a while, and then it came back in a big way. That's sort of where we are now. And I also think there is more interest in a diversity 
of types of paranormal phenomena, both in scripted and in unscripted, because people are more interested in hearing about the the folklore and the paranormal phenomena of people of color, of you know, people of different uh, lifestyles and sexual orientations and across the world, different types of phenomena. It's not just ghosts or demon of, of uh, cis white people. It's like, okay, now we can talk about the gin or we can talk about the Aswang in the Philippines. We could talk about the Domovoy. We could like, there's a diversity of interest right now. Yeah. It's like, there's like very basic understandings of the paranormal that we all kind of know from TV and movies like, Oh, a house where someone died and now there's a ghost lingering around. And it's like, we've kind of covered that already. It's we've, we've already done it or like the idea of like a demon and it's all, it's still exciting and spooky and, and there's different ways of doing it, but it's fun to hear people dive deeper into like, you know, I'm such a fan of Greg and Dana Newkirk and like the stuff that they do. And they, they really cover all types of, uh, phenomena. And, and I think it's, I think it's fun. I think that's where it should be going. And also I agree with like different voices and different people's experiences. I always, I love to interview people about this stuff because like, I love to hear, how their cultural beliefs are uh, informed their paranormal beliefs or their religious upbringings or all of that stuff. It's so, it's so fascinating to me because it also proves that to me, it, it shows that this stuff is all, it, it exists for everyone. Maybe it looks different or maybe it sounds different, but, um, but to me, it just adds to the, uh, to the to the mission of of finding evidence or or proving the existence of this yeah and i think it's human nature to want to apply rules and organization to things and i mean we see it all the time it's you know within pop culture it's like we know there's three rules to owning a mogwai and what you're supposed to do (laughs) that we know there's you know, rules to superheroes and what Batman does and doesn't do, or what, 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 uh, Superman's powers are. We, we like to apply rules to things and organization. And we do that within the paranormal too. And, and it's interesting because it creates a shorthand culturally. So if you and I meet for the first time in some bar, we can talk about, Oh, what makes a ghost? And that's a question I love asking people is what is a ghost? Because they have that initial response. But then when you start peeling back the layers, you get to more interesting ideas. But there's these kind of basic rules that we think about. And and that is a way of connecting. But what I like to do is push beyond that. Let's get weird. Let's really push into the weird zone and break down what might actually be behind phenomena or instead of saying this is a rule, just posit theories, posit ideas. And, and something, if I may do a shameless plug, I do a show called Paranormal Caught on Camera and we're currently airing our fifth season on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus and we're already filming a sixth season. And what I love about that show is people submit footage and then we comment on it 
some of the footage is better than other footage. I fully admit that. But what we do that I don't think anyone else is able to do because of simply budgetary reasons is we are looking at phenomena or casting a net around the entire globe. And look, I love Josh Gates. I love Expedition X with uh, Jessica. Those people are my friends. I respect what they do. But by getting the footage that people are sending us from around the world, we're able to look at every corner of the globe that a show could not normally do. We couldn't travel to all those places. And when a guy or, you know, or a girl or whoever is sending us something from Norway saying, I think this is an elf, that's them sending in their interpretation of that phenomena, which then opens up an entire conversation about that that we would not normally be able to have on these shows. So mm-hmm. I, I like that we're at this point where we're where we are able to get into the weeds a little bit more beyond just this is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people that work in the paranormal, it's like uh, some some will say that the more that they investigate and talk to people the less they know i mean do you do you feel that way yeah and you know i i had like a bit of a crisis of faith after i mean that's the expression but it's not really a faith issue but i was always into the ghost stories and the phenomena and everything and then when i started doing it professionally I reached a point where I'm like, this is just all bullshit. I, I don't know if we can swear, but, and I lost, <laughs> yeah, I lost kind of that magic that mm-hmm. I had for it, that, that excitement, I guess, probably because you start seeing how the sausage is made more. And then I was, I had to reevaluate and I was like, no, man, it, sure. Okay. You're seeing the entertainment side of some things. If you're able to break it down more and embrace the weirdness even further, then you rekindle that spark. And that is what happened. And yeah, the more I'm out there exploring, the less I know. The more that I think I have an idea about something, like the the next week something will occur that that totally spins that on its head. And I love that because I I... I don't know, honestly, if I want all the answers because I like the mystery and I like the theories. And even when I'm talking to people out and about, you know, I do a lot of these events and I'm not saying believe this, don't believe that. I'm not trying to convince you to believe or not believe. It's more like, let's just trade stories. Let's talk about ideas and theories. And then what you want to walk away with after that, as far as how it influences your worldview, cool. But I'm not trying to sell you anything. See, that is a part of, I think, historically, the pop culture relationship to the paranormal is, is yes, saying, if you see this, that's a demon. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this is how a ghost is made. And I do think that that along with the way people are raised or whatever, uh, definitely contributes to, to people thinking, okay, I now know what this is. I've got the answers. And I do think that 
the paranormal world now is like, wait a minute, let's let's re let's look at that again. You know, like Ed and Lorraine Warren come up a lot mm-hmm. when you talk about the paranormal, obviously, and um, and I think that they. I mean, I, I, I have my beliefs in them. I think that they're, they, what they did was ultimately great, but, um, you know, they influenced what a lot of people believe, um, you know, this stuff is. And, um, and then the movies, then the movies put their Hollywood stank on it and it (laughs) becomes even more of a, of a, an idea of what this stuff is. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I agree with what you're saying. I think that I, I was raised Catholic and me too. Oh, Ori, okay. So, ding, ding, ding. You said the secret yeah, word. <laughs> so it's like right there. We have now this shorthand uh, between us. We kind of know what, how, how phenomena was looked at. And, and while there were ghosts, it was pretty much mainly demons. And then if you start looking at it, everything as a demon, then you start approaching phenomena and, 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 you approach it in that that way sort of suddenly you have a hammer and you look at everything as a nail and that's not my perspective now and i don't hold that against people that have that but i think it's so much bigger or or i know you've you've had her on your show michelle belanger is someone that i respect greatly and recommend her book dictionary of demons as often as i can because she she breaks down that topic of demons in a different way that i find interesting that most people don't think about and is probably one of the only people that legitimately could be called a demonologist and she doesn't even do that but she probably could be um respect mm-hmm. the hell out of michelle she so yeah i i think the, our, we view the paranormal through our own cultural lens, through our own upbringing. Sort of like I said, we like to apply rules to things. It goes back to that. And and what really gets to me, though, is when our own prejudices and our own kind of restrictive worldviews start getting applied to our stories of phenomena. And you see that when you go to uh, a supposedly haunted plantation where they're telling ghost stories involving enslaved people and casting them in a certain way of like, oh, the mistress of the slave owner. It's like, no, not a mistress. It was it was a person being horribly raped and abused that was under their control. It wasn't a mistress of, of the slave owner. It was someone that was uh, had their humanity stripped from them. Or you look at the stories of the, the lady in white who pined for her husband and or whose heart was broken and then decided to roam uh, for eternity this old house. It's how much of a how much of a a a dude perspective is that that it's like oh the the <laughs> yeah. poor girl the fairer sex who is heartbroken so much that she couldn't continue on with life so even in afterlife she's this weaker sex that just pines for the love of a man of a good man you know like that's that's viewing ghost stories and phenomena through our own prejudices and cultural lenses and everything so i like to break i like to shake that up a little bit break it down and maybe see it in a a bigger way and try to 
encourage people to go in that direction as well. Right. Well, a real popular one that I I believe is because of the movie The Poltergeist is the uh, Native American burial ground storyline that always is popping up. And um, yeah, I think that that is <laughs> it's a dangerous territory that I think is often rooted in whether people realize it or not, some type of prejudice or uh, racism. And and we see that a lot with, with movies in general, with pop culture in general, that when something becomes popular, then that, that subject matter always gets sort of the spin where it's like, oh, this is how things are within. I mean, like I said, I, I started out as a journalist and most of the time, even still, most of the time, my work days are pretty boring. It involves me trying to figure out how to phrase something or write something either in an article or a script. And I'm also roaming around my place eating Cheez-Its and talking to myself until I figure out that right (laughs) turn of phrase or whatever. It's not very sexy. It's not very exciting, except you watch something like all the president's men or, or the paper or whatever. And it's like, Oh, journalism is always thrilling and exciting. We, We do that all the time with pop culture, but when it comes to the paranormal, I think even maybe more so where it's like, oh, this movie is saying this is this is how you get demons. This is how you get ghosts. Uh, that must, that, right. you know, playing with a Ouija board is how, I mean, look, the reason Ouija boards took on such a nasty reputation was because of the movie The Exorcist. So, uh, you know, pop culture really does influence how we view beliefs. And you're right about the Native American burial ground. I, I mean, look. Let's face it, in America, North America, there probably is some sort of burial ground beneath all of our feet on all of the ground that uh, uh, the white people took from <laughs> the indigenous peoples of, of North America. So there probably is a burial ground everywhere we are. Yeah. Uh, well, you, when you were talking about uh, Ouija boards, it made me think about this clip I saw of you and Aaron Paul doing a Ouija board. Yeah. With Jesse? (laughs) What was that all about? Uh, It was for a show on True TV called Super Into, and he wanted to be, he wanted to explore the paranormal, so they brought me out to do it. It's, uh, I'll spill some tea about that show. That it was exciting. I was exciting because I was leading Aaron Paul around uh, the Kreischer Mansion in Staten Island, New York, and I'm based in Brooklyn most times. And it was great. And he was such a good sport and he really did enjoy working with the Ouija board and he was freaked out by it. And I believe he asked at one point, I don't think they made it, it made it to air, but asked if his wife was going to have a child soon. And sure enough, she did. I'm not saying that was divination, but you know, he believed it was an interesting sign and he got freaked out and then walked away from the board. So that was all very interesting. The The end product of the show, I was less a fan of simply because I felt like there were some things that they wanted to up the scary level as some of these productions do. Uh, but, mm. but the ultimate experience was pretty wild. And it is a location that has some insane history to it. I mean, scary cells. Right. It's it's fear, fear cells as much as like, you you know, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I just I think. It, it, yeah, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I just, it does. I, it's it does. And it's and unfortunately, 
I mean, look, uh, yeah, I mean, even like you said, the Conjuring movies, the Conjuring movies is maybe, uh, it's like it starts out as a ghost story and then it becomes a demon story. Uh, Or, you know, paranormal activity starts out as seeming like a ghost story and then it goes in a different direction. So, yeah, we, we keep going to demons and we keep going to the next. It's like the it's like I, the distracted boyfriend meme. You know, you've got the one girl <laughs> is like ghosts, but the distracted boyfriend keeps looking at demons as as, as she passes by. You know, that's sexier. That's more exciting or whatever. Um, we, you know, we keep going in that direction. But I, I do think you're starting to see different things happen on YouTube where or on on TikTok on other platforms where we're getting people's takes on things like skinwalkers or on fairies or other elementals and things like that there there is other content out there that's bubbling up and you better believe that if if some YouTube video or TikTok video gets enough views the network executives on the on you know the reality channels are going to look at that and be like, Oh crap, maybe we need a fairy show. You know, maybe we could sell a fairy show. Well, I, I'm like such, I feel a thousand years old and I still often forget about TikTok and even like YouTube. I don't know. I guess we say content creators or I always say YouTuber, but like there's a lot of these people, YouTube vloggers or whatever that they all have had a demon in their Mm -hmm. house. Every single one of them has had some kind of demon. And, uh, I, sometimes I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, but then there's also an element of that where I go, well, it could be like a gateway to, for people, young people or whatever that might be interested in this stuff a little bit more, just as, um, a horror movie might be or whatever. It might, might make people go, Oh, I'm really fascinated by this. Let me look into it more and, 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 uh, watch, you know, read some books about it or whatever. Yeah. I think that, I think it's possible that that happens. That's happened for me. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope. And I, I mean, when something is popular, people kind of want to mimic it. So, uh, you know, we see that a lot. So I just hope that some other stuff becomes popular. So then we kind of change the formula a little bit and mimic some of those other things. I want to hear a story. Can you tell me like a, a spooky some you know fear cells scare <laughs> us what do you got for what us I? I mean i know you've it seems like you've uh you've from what i know ghost hunted at some of the uh, some of the greatest hits some of the the biggest most iconic spooky places yeah um anything come to mind of like the experience of all experiences well you know i think about this a lot and I've had a lot of different experiences. I'll tell you one that is more recent because it's, it sticks in my brain and I'm still scratching my head a little bit about it. And it was in Virginia city, Nevada, and it's an old mining town and it was made famous for the Washoe club within paranormal circles. It was made famous for the old Washoe club, which ghost adventures have been there. A bunch of shows have filmed there. And it's said to be notoriously haunted. And 
I was there. I had some weird stuff happen there. And the town itself was a silver mining town, I guess. But that's not what I'm going to talk about because enough people know about that. I will say that when I was there in October, I believe, of 2021, uh, I was one of the guests at a paranormal event. It was myself and Shane Pittman from the Holzer Files, a good buddy of mine. And we ended up at this other location and Shane was leading the investigation at this other location. And I came in, I was kind of a free roamer at this point. And I came in at one point and I had heard that there'd been some crazy stuff going on, but I didn't have details about it. And I sit down in the dark of this building that at one point had been, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's big. It's going to become popular. It's called the, the Knights of Pythias building in Virginia city. And I don't think it had much of an established spooky history. It's going to, it's going to, but at this point, I don't think a lot of people were talking about it. And the setup, the building is when you walk into the building, if you go to the left, there's sort of this downstairs saloon area, but mainly went up this steep flight of steps and you'll enter into this sort of grand ballroom. There's a kitchen off to the side and another little dining room. And there's a bar in this grand ballroom. I go to sit down and I'm just mainly taking things in. I am not a psychic. I am not a sensitive, but I'll tell you what, right away, I started getting just the vibe, the vibe that you pick up on, you know, you tune in on it. And even though I'm not a sensitive, I just, I know it when I feel it. I just, I I get it. It's like, for me, it's like this weird chill that I get something funky is happening. And I'm sitting down in this place in the the darkness and there are some other people around me and just looking around and I start noticing what seems like shadow play for me. And I've seen shadow figures in the past and they're fascinating, but they can also be super creepy. And at one point, maybe like arms reach, maybe less than arms reach next to me is a woman uh, named Mally Fox who does a lot of paranormal radio and she does a show on the science channel and old friend of mine, we're sitting next to each other, just checking this all out. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just getting the vibe. She's like, yeah, me too. It's kind of funky in here. And Shane is in the room, but he's being quiet. He's just sort of taking it all in. And at the exact same moment, Mally Fox and I stand up, jump up really with a holy shit, I just I just saw saw, and we reacted to the exact same thing at the exact same moment. And what it was, which I can clearly see in my mind's eye, was almost like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Like this huh? creepy little thing hunched over on the floor crawling towards us with its face turned up and it was almost like this this goblin type face and it was freaky as all hell and its eyes i believe were glowing and it was insane and the fact that mally and i responded to it at the exact same moment and then said i what what i just what did you i saw i saw 
describing the same thing happening at the exact same moment. It was insane. I don't know what it was. I can't posit about what it was. Uh, you know, some people might be tempted to go straight to the D word. I'm not, that's not my angle, but I saw something that I couldn't explain. And then throughout the rest of this night, things kept escalating. It kept escalating to the point that there was an insane amount of shadow activity moving around and things not only looking, but seeming like they were wanting to engage with us. And Another time, someone that had walked up to the, uh, the top of these steps was standing there. It was uh, one our Tara, the organizer of this event. And as she was standing at the top of these steps, she was like, hey, guys, I'm just checking in on you. How's everything going? Behind her, there was this form that emerged, this very large, shadowy form. And... To me, it looked almost like a classic silhouette of Darth Vader, sort of the domed helmet and then a long flowing kind of bell-like cape. Um, I didn't get that much detail, but that was sort of what the shape appeared to me. And it just struck me as very threatening to the point that I said to Tara, I'm like, Tara, come into the room. She's like, no, no, I'm just checking. I'm like, no, no, Tara, just come closer. Not trying to sound freaked out. She's like, no, I'm just checking in. I don't know. I don't need to come. I'm like, Tara. And then someone else in the room said, Tara, there's something behind you. Come forward. And that person didn't know what I was seeing. Uh This felt targeted. This felt active. It felt intelligent, whatever it was. It felt, and it didn't feel very nice. It felt like it wanted to screw with us and did not particularly want us there. And this is a location that I did not know history about, that I did not have uh, a, I don't think there's a lot of known history about it, even still. There was something that was existing within this space, hold up in there, that was able to present itself, manifest itself, or multiple things that could like really present itself in a strong way. And at the end of this night, this very active night, there was multiple things. Like at one point I got poked and I jumped up and that's not normally the kind of thing that I experienced at the end of the night, I walk outside and I'm not saying anything. I'm just kind of processing all this. And I think it was Shane that Shane Pittman that came up to me. He's like, dude, you okay. He's like, you, you look out of it. You look out of it. And I'm like, I don't know what took place in there. And I've been in a lot of locations and this is something new to me, something very unusual. Um, so yeah, I, I will say that I would happily go back there and I would check it out, but I was legitimately stunned by the experiences in that location. Yeah, it definitely seems like a a deeper, weirder conversation about this kind of stuff, because it doesn't seem like human situation. I I never know. Human ghost. I never know if, if, you know, if, if I were to become some sort of other entity, whether you call it a ghost or whatever, if I was to stick around no longer in this kind of corporeal form, if I'm able to maintain some element of my personality and memories and whatnot, 
I'm bringing into this next state, you know, all of the pop culture, all the movies, the books, the comics that I've read. Okay. I'm, I'm bringing everything from my past into this next state in theory. So with that means that I know what's scary. I know what's scary to me. I know what's scary probably to you. I know what works. I know what's theatrical, what, you know, so maybe I am able to say like, you know, this is a great time to bust out the clown from Poltergeist. I'm going to, I'm going to do something creepy like that or, or Gollum. Yeah. Or Gollum, or maybe I'm in a room with you and maybe I'm able to look into Roz's brain and pluck out the thing that freaks you out the most and say, you know what? I kind of want to, I want to screw with these people. Boop. Like here it is. Now I'm going to present myself in that, the form of that demonic platypus that frightens Roz, you know, and, and here we go. So from all of your experiences, does it seem like that's a possibility that a human could die and have that ability? I don't know. I, Cause so far to my knowledge, I, well, I haven't yeah, done it, anything? but I think that <laughs> I think it's, it's all potential. I think that, when I ask people, what is a ghost? As I said earlier, some people say, oh, it's someone that died in a place that's sticking around, or it's a psychic imprint on a location, or maybe it's a person just passing through, or maybe it's uh, some sort of temporal anomaly, or maybe it's a demon, or maybe it's a this, and maybe that, maybe it's all of it. Maybe, maybe there's multiple layers of things that are existing simultaneously, and it's not just one species or genus of ghost. Maybe it's, uh, there's multiple levels of it. So I don't know, but I like to think that it's all potential. Have you encountered things that seem to you like a, a demon? I mean, when you're raised Catholic, from my experience, it's deep in there that it's like, maybe it's possible. That's, I I mean, I am not a Catholic at all, but there's times, I mean, I have said before, I will look up how to, which uh, nunnery is enrolling if there was a demon crawling in my room right now. I, I would get my rosary, but how do you, how is your relationship with that? Well, I mean, I typically say I'm culturally Catholic as far as, uh, you know, I like Easter candy and I like I like some of the <laughs> rituals of things like Christmas. And um, and I do have a spirituality, but I'm not locked into just one mode of things. But I do think that I do think that there's bad stuff out there. I don't you know, if you want to say demon, sure, I've encountered things that. I thought were filled with ill intent. And I will say that as a kid, I, I, I'm actually still kind of unpacking some things that happened to me as a kid that I hadn't even really thought about entirely that I think were, that were potentially malevolent. And I don't know what they were. I don't know what they are, but yeah, I've encountered things that I think are, you know, for lack of a better word, evil. And I also think that what people seek out is sometimes what they find. I mean, uh, you know, I, I say the trouble that you find is typically the trouble you're looking for, because whether it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're planning to get loaded on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras, you can't be that surprised 
when sometimes you find trouble, you know, like it's sometimes when people are seeking out, uh, if they go into a haunted location, being like, we're going to see if there's demons here. Well, maybe there's not demons actively there, but maybe you're putting out, you know, ringing the the dinner bell and attracting some nastiness (laughs) towards you. And I don't know, but I, I do think that you can draw stuff in or perhaps on a nerdy level, I think I think a lot about the Empire Strikes Back, and there's a scene where Luke goes in. He's on Dagobah, and he goes towards the Force Cave, and Yoda warns him, "You don't need to bring your blaster or lightsaber in there." And Luke asks, "What's in there?" And Yoda says, "Whatever you bring with you, that's what's in there." And indeed, he goes in there, and he encounters essentially this demonic doppelganger, this Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, demonic doppelganger. He encounters his the dark side and encounters the, his fears because that's essentially what he was bringing in there with him. So I think that a lot of times that that might reflect our paranormal experiences. Right. I know. I I think I was raised thinking that you could just be like an innocent person and then a demon will just hop inside of you and you'll be possessed and you'll float and you'll puke yeah green slime we were also taught that like you know if the first time that you uh take a drink of alcohol or smoke weed or whatever you're going to be an addict in a in a junkie and it's so i mean those things the whole satanic panic i don't know about you know when you were raised but satanic panic and don't do drugs and all that stuff they were all very connected interconnected and so there were demons and drug dealers and kidnappers around every corner and we were taught to fear the world and fear the others, the people out there that were a little bit different. Uh, at least I was, you know, so uh, that's not how I choose to live my life. But I also, you know, there's maybe uh, just some trouble that I I know to maybe avoid because I just don't need to get caught up in it. And and hell, I live Tell alone, man. Fear. You know, I don't need that shit following me home. <laughs> Thank you so much to Aaron. Next week, we're going to get into what was happening in his childhood that was paranormal that he kind of hinted at in this part one. I asked him about that. He's got a story to tell. And we'll listen to EVPs and we'll talk about other stuff. Various paranormal phenomena. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the show. I always appreciate when you rate it five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. You could leave a nice five-star review. You could leave a ghost story in a five-star review. Or you could just say something nice about me. That doesn't cost anything. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash There's a link to that in the description of this episode. Also, there is a link to ghosted merchandise. If you want to see me and hear me not being spooky, go to my Instagram at Roz Hernandez. TikTok and Twitter is at It's Roz Hernandez. I'll be back next week with more Aaron. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.